Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from our speaker. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be all over the place in the Bible tonight. You probably won't be able to keep up, but uh, I'm going to start off in Ecclesiastes 5.15. If you want to turn your Bible there, we can, and that'll start off. But I'm going to be talking about something that uh, uh, few Christians have. It's contentment. Contentment. Uh, I, see, I see a lot of Christians that are not content in their Christian life. And we should be. We should be. I mean, after all, we got it made, you know. I mean, going to heaven, you know, live in America, hallelujah. Uh, and I'm, I'll repeat some of this stuff after a while. But uh, I, uh, I, I was studying this thing, and I, I thought to myself, you know, I had pictures of people in my mind that just are not content. And... Uh, So uh, let's read uh, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 15, and it says, As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath in his sickness. Um, uh, Ecclesiastes has, has a lot of stuff that, I mean, a lot of surprising stuff in it. We start reading it, and uh, and uh, and I like that book very well. But I believe Solomon was speaking here. A lot of people, some there's some people that think that Solomon didn't write this book. I think he did, but if I'm wrong, I'll apologize later. But anyway, I believe Solomon was speaking. In other words. Uh, wealth is easily lost and therefore an unsure foundation for life. And all the people said, I, you know, I really, you know, money, we can have millions of dollars. It can go away real quick. Go away real quick. And, uh, and if that's your foundation in life, you've you got problems because it, it, can, it can disappear. See, we worry too much. We Christians worry too much. And I've told you this before. I preached a sermon years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago on worry. And uh, worrying is really not God's desire for us. In other words, it's a sin, the worry. Uh, you know, some people say, why pray when you can worry? Well, why worry when you can pray? Amen. And, uh, and but uh, uh, probably if I wasn't saved now, I'd worry too. But if we're saved, we shouldn't be worrying about things. Amen. Um, now, and I, I thought today, oh, if Christians just would be content, if they would just be satisfied where they are now. Not that you're supposed to stay there, but just be satisfied where you are now. And, uh, and I'm not saying that somebody shouldn't get an education. You should. Uh, uh, work hard. You should. Uh, manage your money and save money and try to make more money. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong. I'm not one of these guys that go around and say, oh, if you're rich, you're no good. No, uh, that's not true. And as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches against being lazy. If you don't do these things, the Bible teaches against being lazy. And the, the Bible uses the word slothful. Uh, Hebrews 6.12 says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It also uses the word sluggard. Use the word sluggard in Proverbs 13.4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Uh, we should try to be successful. We, we should, Christians. We should try to be successful, not to the expense of putting God on the back burner. But, uh, you know, the parable of the talents. You remember the parable of the talents? The guy that invested and got the, the best return, he got rewarded. The Lord says, well done. 
he got rewarded because he invested wisely and got a better return. Now, uh, the pro problem many have is being, uh, many people have trouble being content. Um, uh, a lot of young people, are, they're not content in their first apartment. They want mom and dad's house, amen, right away. Uh, they're not content in their first apartment. They're not content in their first job. Uh, uh, they're not content with the first house they purchase. They're always striving to, to, to go further. And, and, and you should strive to better yourself, but not at the expense of your Christian life and your witness and, and, and not serving God. Um, I remember when I come back from uh, overseas uh, uh, in the Army, the first job I got was a Cincinnati Millicron. I was not content in that job. I'm telling you right now, I did not like that job. And, uh, and, uh, but I had two part-time jobs on top of that. And my wife worked at, uh, uh, in an accounting department at Treasure Comet, worked full-time. And I think that year, me working three jobs and her working one, I don't think we made $8,000 in 1967 or something like that. You know, uh, uh, and you say, ooh, that's awful. But, you know, in 67, you know, 10000 was pretty good living. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we had a one-bedroom apartment up in Price Hill. And uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, that first time I ever had air conditioning in my life in, our, in an apartment. And uh, I came back. We got married. Uh, I was in, in basic training, and I went through... Uh, AIT, and that's Advanced Individual Training, down in Fort Knox. And uh, so we was basically, when I come back from overseas, we was basically newlyweds. You know, I got married, and I left, went overseas, and the time that I was in the States, I was in Fort Knox. So uh, we had an air-conditioned apartment, and we was newlyweds in that little one-bedroom apartment up in Price Hill. Man, we were just happy. As, we was in tall cotton, Jack. I mean, it was great. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then we moved, you know, our son was born there, and we had to get out of a one-bedroom apartment. We moved out to Reading and some townhouses, you know where they're at, that across from Powell's down there on Hunt Road, and, uh, and had a first floor, second floor, and a basement, and there was like eight, eight of them in that building. We were content there. That was a nice apartment. It was a nice place, except in the summer. We didn't have air conditioning, but <laughs> we got used to it. And it. But anyway, we got through that. And uh, I had a job with an excavating contractor and uh, made pretty good money, actually, in 1968, 69, making $5 an hour. Yeah, that, that was pretty good money, but the only trouble with that business, you never know when you're going to work. Uh, so it doesn't average out real good. But I was never a person that worried. I'm not a worrying person, and, and I'm still not. Now, maybe I wasn't concerned about some things like I should have been, and, and, uh, and you know, maybe I should have been maybe a little more responsive in some area because I kind of shrugged things off, sometimes put my head in the sand, uh, but I don't worry. So I let my wife worry, amen? Um, and, and that what wives are for, they're supposed to worry for us. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, that's kind of the way I am, see? And uh, Paul said in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And uh, Paul said this often. He said in Philippians 4, 11, he says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You see, the Philippians here were helping Paul. Uh, he didn't ask for any, but they were being good to Paul, and they were helping him out. They were supplying his needs, his bare necessities. And, um, and uh, but like I said, he wasn't asking for things, but he was praising the Lord for what he got. And that's the way, way we have to be. That's the way we have to be. We have to praise the Lord for where we are right now and be content where we are right now. But we should make some kind of a move to better ourselves. Nothing wrong with that at all. I praise God that I didn't stay downtown. We live downtown. I mean, I went through the, the 
apartment complex where we had two apartments priced. I went through both of them just recently. Just I was down there during the day. I wouldn't go down there at night. Uh, went down there during the day and uh, drove through. It's ghetto, man. I mean, it's it's drugs ghetto. It's it's awful down there where I live. And I'm so glad I didn't stay downtown anywhere downtown and got out got out of town. Uh, now I like my house. I like the neighborhood I lived in. I've been there 30 years. I am content with where I live. I am content with where I live. Um, when we look at third world countries and the way they live, and I'm sure you, you, you know something about that, if, if you don't talk to some of our missionaries, but we see how our missionaries choose to live in substandard situation uh, in these countries to go over there and spread the gospel. And here we're living in tall cotton over here and fail to spread the gospel like we should. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. Here in America, the ghetto has heat and water. The ghetto has heat and water. We used to go soul winning in the ghetto. Down there on Ezra Charles Drive, it was Lincoln Park Drive, and all the, uh, I don't know how many of you remember the, the projects, the government projects built during the war. And, uh, and uh, we used to go down there, and, and it was rough, man. It was dirty and filthy, but they had heat and water, heat and hot water. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, uh, our ghetto has it better than in third world countries, but they're not content. They're not content. If I was in the ghetto, I'd make myself content. I'd keep it clean, make myself content, and I'd work five jobs to get out. We Americans have it made if we work. We have it made if we'll work. That's the key word, work. Uh, many of the greedy people uh, will take advantage of people to get ahead. Uh, they will run over anyone to get more, to get more, to get more. And it looks like a bunch of kids. You, you put 10 kids there and put a bowl of Hershey's candy there, Man, the first one there will grab a handful, and the last one probably won't get any. That's the way people are. That's the way we, we can, we, we'll look at the kids. They're just they're children, and if they do that, they haven't been trained. Uh, but but uh, I'm just saying that, that uh, uh, that's the way adults are. They haven't been trained either. Some people need to realize that we brought nothing in this world. It's First Timothy 6, 7, we brought nothing in this world, and it's certain we will carry nothing out. And that's a fact. I grew up poor. Uh, You've heard this before. It's known me for a long time because I've given my testimony a couple of times, but I'm not going to give my whole testimony. But uh, I grew up uh, uh, poor. I lived on a farm with my aunt up on the other side of Hillsboro in Marshall, a place called Marshall, and, uh, and uh, lived up in an old farmhouse. And I've told you about the farmhouse and the, when it would snow and the wind blow, I'd get up next morning be two lines of snow on the floor and uh, have feather beds and put hot rocks in the bed at night to keep your feet warm. You know what I'm talking about, Bob. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that's what I, kind of where I grew up from three years old to nine years old. And I was content as far as material things because I didn't know we was poor. I thought everybody was just like us. I didn't know we was poor. I mean, I know it now. But we had cows, pigs, chickens. We had a garden. We had plenty of food. I mean, we didn't hurt for a thing. Uh, uh, we had milk. We had all the milk we want. Go out and milk a cow. We had milk all over the place. We just didn't have any money to buy Hershey's chocolate to make chocolate milk. Amen? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean we didn't have any money. Uh, and what we had, we worked. I mean, physically sweat and worked for. The only chocolate milk I ever got is when we come down to visit my mom. She lived in Avondale on a, in a fourth floor apartment down there. We come down and visit her a couple times a year, and, and she'd take us down to Shilato's. Well, my aunt worked in the fourth floor linen department. She was a supervisor there, and uh, and she wasn't married, and so you know she she had money, you know she had money to spend, and uh, unlike my mom did. But we would go down there, and she'd take us down that little cafeteria on the first floor, and uh, and buy me a chocolate milk. 
chocolate milk, man. Man, I was in tall cotton. I was living it up. And I gobbled that thing down, hoping I'd get another one, but I didn't. But boy, that first one was delicious. And, um, but anyway, 1 Timothy 6.8 says, Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Well, if we've got food and clothes on our back and a warm place to live, we should be content. Amen? If, uh, I tell you what, if we can be content with a little, we'll be okay when we get a lot. Isn't that the truth? We'll be okay. We'll be able to handle it just fine. I've had a lot of millionaires tell me that uh, earning the money is easier than keeping it. It takes a lot to keep it. And, uh, uh, but we'll be okay with it. We'll handle it when we get more. We'll handle it okay. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, it says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and to many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Uh, this is talking about people that their ambition is to be rich. Now, don't get me wrong here, folks. I don't care about it. If somebody's rich, God bless them. I know a lot of millionaires are faithful serving God. I haven't got anything against people being rich. I'm just talking about the attitude and the heart toward it. And, uh, and uh, you know, if somebody's ambition, if they're, if they're obsessed with money and they're putting God in second place or my acknowledging God at all or neglecting time and family or not concerned with the poor, then they've got a problem. If money is that important to them, they've got a problem. See, uh, uh, we, it, it, we must live in a way to be satisfied, happy, and content with what we have. I can't say that enough. I can't say that enough. And, uh, and I'm not saying to not get a larger house. We need to get larger houses like, like Doug, my oldest son, was born in that one-bedroom apartment. Man, we had to get out of there. You know, I mean, he started growing up. You know, he couldn't sleep in our room forever. So there's nothing wrong with getting a larger place to live as your family grows, uh, uh, getting a newer car. Cars do wear out, all the people said. Yeah, yeah, they do. And uh, Debbie said it louder than anybody. And, uh, and uh, anyway, uh, and I'm not saying not to replace your clothes. They wear out. They, they get old and wear out. Uh, the key is you do it when you can afford it. You do it when you can afford it. Hebrews 13, 5. So let your conversation be without covetousness and content with such thing as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. That's a promise. He's not going to leave. Here, I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, I don't think you're going to stand in a soup line. A saved people usually are not worried about starving. God takes care of his own. And there's a verse in the Bible on that. I, I, I thought about today when I was driving. I said, I got to look that up, and then I forgot about it. But there's a verse in the Bible that, that, uh, that, that, that tells that, uh, that the, the, they're not going to be forsaken. They're not going to starve to death. Um, turn over to Genesis 37, if you would. Genesis 37. You remember when Joseph's brother was going to kill him? They were jealous because he was daddy's favorite. And that shouldn't be, but it does happen. You know, sometimes mom and dads have favorites. Uh, but they was going to kill him out of jealousy. And it took one decent man to convince one, one of the brothers, I forgot his name, but it took one decent man to convince them not to kill him. And they pulled him out of the pit, and then they sold him to the, the Egyptian, the Ishmaelites, I believe, and, uh, and, uh, and they took him to Egypt. And... Uh, Genesis 37, 27. If you're in 37, turn over to verse 27. It says, Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not, let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. One good man saying the right thing with God's blessing contented them evil guys that was going to kill him. 
see how contentment can work? People can see that you're content. It rubs off. They see it. They see it. You know, I never, I never was one to put on a dog. I, I didn't want my house to be fancier than somebody else's to try to impress somebody. Uh, you know, I mean, it can burn down. I mean, ask Dell. You know, they got a nice house. I've been in their house. They got a real nice house, but it caught on fire. Uh, it, it, it's really not, if you've got a nice house, God bless you. I hope you keep it. And I hope everything is well. But uh, uh, to have it purposely to put on the dog, I don't agree with that. Now, doing what's right can make one content. Ecclesiastes 12, 12. And further by these, my son, be admonished of making money, many books, and there is no end. And much study is a weariness to the flesh. Well, I know that's true. Man, I'm wore out. The time I get done studying, man, I'm wore out. It's weary, much study is weariness to the flesh, and, uh, and uh, it is weary. God has not answered every problem of life. Not everything is in this book. God's got in this book what he wants us to have, but not, not every problem is ironed out in this book. He commands man to live joyfully, responsibly, and wisely. He commands us to do that. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let us hear the, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment and with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Finally, the controlling factor of all life should be the fear of God. I've heard people say, I remember when I was, I was in a Catholic church, I went to Catholic school, and they say, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. Had his kids go, oh, watch God, I'm scared to death of God. Uh, and that's not what that's talking about. Uh, that's, that's not talking about that kind of a fear. That, this kind of a fear is talking about respect. It's talking about submission. It's talking about faithfulness. That's the fear that it's talking about. And we should fear the Lord. We should be respect the Lord and his word and, and, and submit to him and should be faithful, faithful to his word. And, uh, and uh, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Did you ever, ever notice that? Maybe some of you has got relatives and, and, uh, and, uh, and friends and people that you used to be friends with before you were saved with, uh, you know, they, uh, they despise the, your wisdom. They don't want your wisdom because you're a holy roller, because you're a, a religious fanatic, and oh, you go to one of those Baptist church, you ain't allowed to do anything. And, and, and they don't like your wisdom. They don't, they don't want to hear it. See, at the judgment seat, we'll be judged on faithfulness to him, we'll be judged on submission to him, we'll be judged on respect for him. So we're going to be judged on that. It's a judgment. If we're faithful and we submit and we show him respect, um, uh, we'll receive rewards. That's what we're going to get at the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to get rewards to put at the foot of Jesus. That's, that's, that's it. Our purpose is to glorify the Father and lead other people to Christ. And if you're content, content you'll have peace and you'll be able to do that without any problem. So Christians, don't worry. Quit worrying. Uh, God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. Be content. Seek peace and pursue it, it says in Psalms 34, 14. Seek peace and pursue it. And in order to have peace, we must be content. We must be content.
Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are you talking about? We're talking about your necessities. If you read in Matthew, uh, I think starting around verse 30, it'll, it'll, it'll tell you about uh, what, you sh uh, what you're going to get if you seek God and his righteousness. Uh, you know, talk about your clothes and your shelter and your food and so on and so forth. And, uh, and uh, if we'll put him first, he's going to take care of us. He's going to give us the necessities that we're supposed to have. And I guess if we're real faithful, he'll give us more than our necessities. He has me. He's given me more, my, more than I deserve, I'll tell you that. So um, uh, uh, be content. That's my message. It was a short message tonight. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.